and welcome to Through the Eyes of the Guide, a podcast dedicated to guides and tour managers around the world. A program to share tips and tricks, information, and to know more about this beautiful community. My name is Nicole Flores, your host, also known as Nikki Flo in social media. I'm a qualified local guide in Santiago de Chile since 1998 and a tour leader, tour conductor since 2006. Welcome to the program. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Through the Eyes of the Guide. This week, we travel to one of the most beautiful destinations in South America. We are going to Cusco in Peru. To talk about this destination and the guide situation, we are today with Juan Lasso. Juan was born in Lima. As a kid, he felt the desire to travel. He was trained as a river rifter guide and a trekking guide by his siblings in the Peruvian Andes. He graduated in the tourism at the San Antonio University in Cusco. He has worked as a rafting guide in the Spanish Pyrenees and the Austrian Alps. Besides his native Spanish, he speaks fluently English and French. Juan lives in Cusco, Peru, where he works as a tour guide and tour manager. To talk about the beautiful Cusco, today we are with Juan. Hello, Juan. How are you? Fine, Nicole. I, I'm very happy to, first of all, to talk with you and, and to share my experiences with all my colleagues all around the world. Well, this is great because, as you know, Peru is one of the main destinations in the entire world. But especially in South America, you, are, you have the privilege of working in one of the most important destinations, which is the Cusco area, right? And you have the chances to go many times to Machu Picchu, which is one of the most lovely places in the planet. So I'm uh, very happy because also Peruvian guides are qualified as one of the best in the world because you have to be trained for a lot of different things. And historically talking, you have a beautiful background as well. So... Um, first, let us know, Juan, where are you now? I'm in Cusco, Peru. Cusco is my father and grandfather homeland. And it's uh, up in the mountains uh, at over 3,000 meters of elevation. And, and we're in the beginning of the rainy season. I love the rainy season. All the mountains turn green. Beautiful. All right, so let's get into the, the, the first part, which is always uh, talking a little bit about uh, the guide situation and the guide industry and associations and so on. So, uh, but first I want to know, Juan, why you became a guide? I became a guide because uh, as a teenager, I returned to Peru after being a few years in Venezuela, where my parents sent me for better And when I returned home, my parents were near Lima, the big city on the coast. But all my siblings, almost all, were in Cusco, living and working as tour guides. So I followed my siblings' footsteps. Oh, so it's a tradition. Nice, nice. And what do you need to do to become a guide in the Cusco area? Well, when I became a tour guide, you needed a college degree in the School of Tourism. It's a five-year undergraduate studies. With your title, then the government, the Ministry of Tourism, gave you a license to be a tour guide. Nowadays, you have other uh, opportunities 
to become a tour guide instead of not only a university, but also a, it could be a trade school title certificate. Oh, okay. So do you belong to an association of guides there? I belong to the association of tour guides that have a college degree. Mm -hmm. It's called Holy Tour, and I'm very proud to belong to them. Mm -hmm. And how many people it's uh, belonging to that association? How many guides you have? In Holy Tour, there are over 3,000 associates. Wow. In Cusco. We're talking of the city of Cusco only. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. It, All right, so... Um, I want to know a little more about the situation of guides that, you know, it's everywhere pretty much uh, the same, but uh, in the situation of guides in your area, are you having an special help from the government? And how is the association dealing with this uh, pandemic situation right now? Yeah, we haven't really received any help from the government. Mm -hmm. We were very uh, disappointed. Mm -hmm. And uh, only recently, in the last month, maybe, the Peruvian government offered uh, a bonus or a, a financial help equivalent to about 500 American dollars. And we have to present a project to the Ministry of Tourism. The winners of the project of any kind, uh, of any nature in tourism, will be awarded with that help. Uh, our associations are dealing in the way that, that we are supporting each other. It's more like a network of information. And um, now the entrepreneur spirits of Peruvians is coming afloat. We are, uh, we're very brave. We're very hard workers. So everybody's looking for a, a different way of making a living. Oh, all right. So the association has been working in order to get some benefits, in other words, to, to the associated. The association is provided moral support. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the benefit is, is like a network of information. Okay. And I think we get inspired by the achievements of other colleagues. That's the benefit. Oh, okay. So... Let me ask you, uh, because I saw you, uh, I don't know, probably a month or even not two months ago, I saw you in a video leading the first tour uh, after seven months or so in in Cusco, right? Uh, am I right? Yes. So, 15 of October. Yeah. Oh, you know very well the date. So I want to... Well, that was the date. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you because I saw you in that video and it says, wow, I... I it feels very good for me to see that in Cusco they were retaking a little bit of uh, the industry. So how was that morning? How, how you felt after seven months of not leading any tours? And how is doing the situation right now after that? I felt very excited. I felt very honored that um, they, they called me to run, to direct the first city tour of Cusco. The date I remember well because it was when the Peruvian government, through the Ministry of Culture, reopened all the archaeological sites in the region of Cusco, except Machu Picchu that day. And um, well, I was going, I went to the main one. You, you've been there, Sacsayhuaman, a gigantic construction of stone outside Cusco. 
we were almost alone. There were representatives of the tour companies association. Mm-hmm. And, and then once I, I was inside, I relaxed. And it was an unusual tour because there were also journalists from network televisions. Mm-hmm. But then I relaxed. I, I, I thought, okay, let's see their passengers. And, and I enjoy it. Right now, we are having some tourists Peruvians coming from Lima, also from the region of Cusco, because they opened Machu Picchu the 2nd of November. Mm-hmm. So it's really slowly coming back. But So how is uh, Machu Picchu doing? I mean, it's a, they reopened recently. So it's not, it's, uh, a, any guy can go and actually lead the tours with the locals? I mean, Peruvians? Yes. Uh, right. Any guide can go and lead the tours with locals. Mm-hmm. There, there might be some, some tourists from other countries. Mm-hmm. The Peruvian government, to promote Machu Picchu, they have established that they don't, nobody has to pay a fee until the, the end of the year. So it's a matter of going online and getting an entrance ticket. Wow. And you know, the only way to get there is a beautiful train ride. Yes. So the two train companies... Peru Rail and Inca Rail are already operated. Oh, that's fantastic. So you you, you keep uh, moving a little bit the business. That's good. That's good. And in your, your personal case, one, uh, because um, everybody's uh, rather pivoting or doing something else in the meantime, uh, we are all in that the same situation. In your case, wh- what are you doing? Okay, I came, uh, well, somebody gave me the, the advice to teach languages online. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Nicole, that at least our generation are not very, very good in, in these virtual things. <laughs> so it was a whole learning everything from scratch, the virtual platforms, and be, and be brave because I was like in a state of shock and uh, I don't know the word. I, I couldn't react when this all first happened. So it took me months of preparations and now I'm teaching uh, French, English, and German. I also speak German mm-hmm. and also Spanish, of course, to, to people from other countries. Uh, I'm enjoying that because I love being in touch with people. And it's not in person, but at least through a video, you can see their faces and talk to them and you can relate to them. So I'm, I have become a language teacher. Nice. Well, it's it's also very important to be in contact with people, but using as well your skills. So by teaching languages, uh, I know a lot of guides where we are doing something like teaching something that keep us uh, on track. So that's good. Juan, for how long you been a guide? Oh, for ages. <laughs> I returned. I returned from uh, from Venezuela when I was twenty two years old. Mm-hmm. And I began my uh, university studies of tourism. And I had the big advantage that my older siblings were either rafting guides, trekking mm-hmm. guides, cultural guides. So not only the tips, the encouragement that they gave me, I felt I was being like, tr- I was a soldier being mm-hmm. trained in the military because adventure tourism, it's, you know, it, you need to, to, to be responsible with my clients, to, to, to be responsible, to, to learn many things. So, okay, let, let me put an official date. In, <laughs> 1980, in 1987, I think, 
uh, I became a tour manager. I was so young. I looked so young. I wasn't so mm -hmm. young that the, the clients, they were Americans, mm -hmm. they, they felt like afraid when they met me because I looked like a teenager <laughs> and I was like 23 or so. Yeah. So I've been a guy for over 30 years. All right. So in this, uh, in 30 years or more, um, this is a very hard question, but I have to ask you because I love your destination. So can you, can you share which one is your preferred tour of the, all the ones you, you lead as a guide or a trip leader, tour manager? I loved being in the Sacred Valley. Mm -hmm. It's... Um, It's green. You can either do a, a day trip river rafting, some hikes around the salt mines, or just being in the in the hotels which resemble an old hacienda and uh, enjoying the scenery, uh, visiting the farms, the corn farms. I think that's my favorite part. The Secret Valley. The Secret Valley, yes. In the region of Cusco, of course. Of course. I, I love Peru. Peru has beautiful places. So besides, uh, besides the Cusco area, do you, what is your second best uh, destination? Oh, I know, I know, oh, I know, but you that, have to answer that, that's it. Easy. That's easy. That's easy. The northern coast of Peru, I'm in love the, uh, with uh, Trujillo, Chiclayo, where the Moche civilization lived. They, they preceded the Incas by four centuries, And it's full of pyramids of adobe and full of treasures in museums. The food there is some of the best in the country and the people are extremely friendly, like most Peruvians. Beautiful. And uh, if I ask you, which one is your preferred timing in the history of uh, Peru? What will be your preferred timing? Some, a time that you will be willing to be living on? You mean even in the antiquity, even in the ancient time? Of course, every, every, ancient time, new time, any time. It's, uh, it's something that is, okay, which one is your preferred moment in the Peruvian history? I think when the Incas first began ex expanding their empire, mm -hmm. that was in the early 1400s AD. I think that's when I would love to live to be able to walk on the Inca, they call the Inca roads or the welfare pedestrians, mm -hmm. and there was prosperity. I think that's my favorite time, the early 15th century. Nice. And uh, can you tell us something that is unique of Peru? Something that you feel, you know, very proud of or happy or surprised of, in love of Peru? I think it's a combination of this spiritual atmosphere that you can feel and perceive whether it's an, an Inca temple in Cusco or a Moche pyramid in the northern coast and together with the beauty of the scenery thing and the warmth of the people it's like a like a magical combination <laughs> I think that's why it's unique nice. you know many things together Nice. It's hard. It's hard because it's been more than 30 years uh, leading, leading tours. So it's, it's a very hard choice to be made. All right. So let's go to my preferred part of the, um, the episodes, which is the chair best practice moment. And um, Juan, I want you to think um, some 
practices that you think are willing to be shared with the community? So something that you think this works very well when you do it with clients or this is something very unique, you can make them feel special or something maybe, please don't do this because it's, it's totally wrong. So I'll let you choose whatever, hopefully with an example. I think my best practice that I want to share with all the colleagues is dancing. Well, the passion, the passion that each of us has, whether it's cooking, dancing, singing, uh, talking. Uh, I love to dance since I was a little kid, but only recently in the last uh, seven years, I have learned what is considered Peruvian national dance called marinera. It has a slight resemblance to flamenco, but it's 100% Peruvian. And it's very difficult, but I came to the idea when I uh, was, had competed in the national contest of Marinera in, in the Northern Coast. That was in 2013. And I had put so much passion and effort to learn it. And I said, why don't I share with my clients? So I, I keep it very simple, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that most of the ladies, all from all the countries and cultures, love to dance. And sometimes at home, they don't have a partner who, who is the dancer. So teaching your, your travelers my national dance, that was my best practice. And you can do it with any dance. It doesn't have to be elaborate or, or take hours. You can teach them uh, shortly. I, I, I wrote you, uh, Nicola, you even dance with them in the streets or at the airports. It doesn't have to be in, la, like in a special place. You, you did dance at the airport with the clients? Yeah, yeah. I asked the, the, the employees of the shops to put on the music, and because Peruvians are so proud of this of this dance, and I go dance in the middle of everybody. I go carry my big hat. Some uh, people call that sombrero, mm -hmm. and I go teach the the lady of the group, and uh, she was very nervous. Okay, let's do this, 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 and like in. 10 minutes, you know, we could put together the dance. Very beautiful. Yeah, it's a, that's a memory they take home and they will never forget, especially dancing at the airport. <laughs> I love it. Okay, another one? Ooh, hard, hard choice. I love theater. I did it twice. Um, there is a, a drama uh, that is named after an Inca general who fell in love with the Inca princess. That was a forbidden love because of the social difference and uh, it's called Oyantai. So it's like a tragedy, mm -hmm. but I, I did it twice with uh, my groups. I directed them in the, uh, in the drama, in the Inca drama, I, I loved it. Like a simple, short theater. Again, it doesn't have to be elaborate that reflects the history. Okay, okay, okay. But I don't, uh, how, how do you put this together? It's just, you just said, let meet me in the lobby and let's do something fun or oh well first i i suggested the group we could put together a, a play they all agree then i asked permission to the hotel to use one of the halls and then i, I we were improvising i was the director i was telling them okay you're this and this and you you're supposed to do this and everyone everybody was so cooperative the vendors who sell beautiful uh, tapestries and jewelry at the hotel, they lent us their tapestries, their jewelries, and there we go. So we were improvising. 
and they learn about the, the history of Peru. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Very nice. Well, it, it's what I feel passion for. So if you feel passion for, for anything, anything yeah. it can be cooking or dancing, you will persuade your clients to do that. Juan, can you think about a moment in this, uh, uh, in those uh, 30 years you've been working as a guide and a tour manager that uh, you feel oh, this is the best job in the entire planet? Oh, yes. When I was beginning my career as a tour guide, I spent the night in Machu Picchu. In, in, there is a hotel that is right next to Machu Picchu. It's very small. And then I remember I was like um, half asleep, half awake. And I had like a mystical experience of listening to, to flute music and, uh, and like a, uh, the voice of a woman that was giving me advice. It sounds like, like a imagination, right? It was real. So by being there so close to Machu Picchu and having that moment of peace and, and awareness was, was unique. I remember that very well. And if you were not a guide, what will be your job now? Uh, dancer or cook. <laughs> I'm a very good <laughs> You look cook. Nice. That's another I thing. I love cook. That's a great, a great best practice. Yes. To teach your, your travelers anything, any recipe. It can be easy. It can be just avocado with onions or, or a more sophisticated dish. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, Juan, if a people wants to reach you, uh, how can we have your information? Do you have any contact or Facebook or Instagram? I don't know. Right. In, in Facebook, you can reach me by looking for me for Juan Lasso. There are maybe more than Juan Lasso, but mm -hmm. I'm with my uh, black ja jacket in Machu Picchu. You see Machu mm -hmm. Picchu background? Yes. Uh, or uh, through my WhatsApp. I don't know if, if you can set my WhatsApp verbally. Sure, sure. I'm going to put it in the podcast uh, info when I highlight okay. it. No problem. All right. Well, this has been fantastic, Juan. I love it. And uh, unfortunately, we arrived to the end of the episode. But before saying goodbye, I want to know if you have a final message for the community. Yes. Don't give up. I was like uh, paralyzed by fear. Um, by, I was horrified when all this virus pandemic began. Mm -hmm. It took me months to react and only the encouragement of dear friends that literally pushed me in the beginning, a new career, a new job as English, uh, another languages teacher, they, they made it possible. That would be my message. Trust in yourself and don't give up. Don't give up. I love it. Well, thank you very much, Juan, for being with us today and give us uh, this lovely, lovely chance of having news from uh, Cusco and from Peru as well from your association. Uh, thank you very much for being here. And thank you also to the audience for another episode. And I'll be waiting for you next week with another guest from somewhere in the world. Thank you, Juan. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening through the eyes of the guide. I hope we've been a good company and I'll be waiting for you next week with another guest from somewhere in the world to share and learn. Stay tuned. <laughs>